into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Epic Tales from the Sewers. I am your host, Justin. With me is my co-host, Eric. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. There he is. All right. I'm glad. <laughs> There's a little, little bit of a delay. You had me worried there. <laughs> um, oh, my with bad, us today, my bad. A very, very special guest, uh, a cover artist for The Last Ronin, amongst many other things. Um, he's worked for Image, Aftershock, Dynamite, Boom Studios, and um, I had DC Comics as well. As, and of course, IDW's The Last Ronin, Mr. Aaron Bartling. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, we're excited. Um, I well, I, I don't know if I'm excited, but it, but Eric was sure excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're both excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, and I mean the the obvious question that I have to ask is, how does it feel to be the most sought after cover for like the hottest comic book on the market? It's crazy, man. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, for I mean, it's still surreal, but I think, you know, in the past, like initially in 2020, it was just pretty crazy that, to experience. And um, yeah, I never I honestly never thought it would have blown up the way that it did. Um, and it's crazy because now I'm kind of like known as like the last Ronin guy or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, it's funny. So but yeah, no, it's been amazing, man. Um, super humbled just to, to have the amount of um just love that it's gotten and uh it's it's crazy too that like it seems like every uh running cover that drops just the um the hype just increases with each one you know yeah the first one sold out in like you know a minute something and then the second one sold out in like 30 seconds and then i missed three but then four sold out in 13 seconds and then uh yeah so it's it's definitely it's it's amazing to see um, just the support that I get with, um, you know, with the Ronin series and, uh, yeah, I'm just grateful, man. It's, it's awesome. So that's so cool. Did, did you know that they gave, um, they gave your cover the nickname, the take on me variant? Well, oh, really? No, yeah. Okay. yeah. Had you heard that? No, I hadn't heard that. That's great. Yeah. They're, they're calling it the take on me, you know, from aha and all that. So, um, I, I saw that. I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm like, all right. Uh, I guess yeah. I kind of get it, but yeah, yeah. that's cool. Did you know that, Eric? No, I did not know that. That's that's actually kind of new to me. I didn't, so funny. I didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, man. I've been in so many variants. You know, I've been, you know, people were talking about this one, talking about that one, because I do like a lot of looking out for people and you know try to help them get their variants as well as myself. I mean, prime example, you know, I had to get uh, Bartling's issue four cover from Australia. So, wow. Jeez. So, I mean, you know, I, it was it was a little pretty penny, but I definitely got it. I've been wanting to get his work. You know, I missed out on the first two issues because I wasn't into I was into the running, but I wasn't like really really heavy into the variants at the moment. Yeah. And then pre-order snuck seen, up on you. Yeah, and it was like I seen that one, and I was like, man, that is a really really dope cover. Like I I was like I would love to have that, but you know, and it was just like at that time, money was kind of tight too, as well. But yeah, and, uh, but and then next thing I know, you know, I, I start getting into like the Ben Bish cover, and I'm like, oh my god, that I'm never going to get that cover. I'm never going to get that cover. I mean, it, at one point I will, 
Well, you will. Just just watch. I will. But it it's just a matter of time when I when I will get it. So this is from the the man that just got what what was that uh first printing of Mirage number four. So yeah, like you definitely will get it. I'm sure. <laughs> No, oh no! I got the I got the second printing. I got the oh, second, second printing. It was a okay. CG, yeah, I got the CGC. It was uh, seven point five of issue four Mirage. So, but yeah, that's awesome. That's that's mm-hmm. so cool. So, um, I wanted to just ask you a little bit about your history, kind of like with Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Um, were, were you a fan growing up? Um, I was. Uh, it was one of my favorite. Uh, movies and and series to watch. Um, the I, mostly just the the one through three was kind of what I was you know I watched like repeatedly. Um, and but to be honest, like um, I wasn't uh, like you know I loved like you know I asked for like the shirts and toys and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like as a kid, I was super super into it. And then as I got older, um, I wasn't super into Ninja Turtles. Um, and then, and then, uh, you know, just over the past like few years, uh, I started getting back into it actually. Um, and then it's funny cause like I started getting back into Ninja Turtles and then Ronin was announced and then I was asked to work on the series. And uh, of course I was like, Oh, absolutely. Like that's, you know, no question. And then, uh, yeah. So, um do you have yeah. flashbacks to like the old nintendo game or anything yeah yeah totally <laughs> like, yeah it's it's yeah it's it's an amazing it's an amazing series and um just the the history and the love that it has is is awesome so that's cool do you have um do you have a favorite of the guys yeah um i think Raphael is probably my favorite um i just like how he's like the just like no BS kind of just, you know, he's just like ready to fight like whenever and like, he's like the, the leader. And so I, I, I like that. I think that's, that's cool. He's just kind of like, he's ready to, to, you know, just get down whatever, you know? So. He's a passionate now, like, dude. Yeah, now, <laughs> yes, he is. Now I like even more, Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. I think the, the other, other thing we point out is that Raph is the ladies man too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe it's because, like, I was in the military, and so I kind of have that, like, just, like, get crap done, kind of, like, you know, just handle it. Fight, like, just, you know, there's no point, like, waiting around, just, like, get it done, you know? And, like, he's kind of just like that. He's the leader, you know? So I think that's why I, he resonates with me. But. <laughs> Does that help you with uh, with your artwork, um, having a military background, maybe with like time management or just uh, the way that you even maybe structure or block out a scene for your art? Um, that's a good question. So it's it's funny because it's I struggle with I mean, it has helped me in, in a lot of ways. Um, I think when you're in the military, it's you're kind of like forced to be structured. And then once you get out, it's like a lot of times. I mean, not all guys, some guys keep that the rest of their life. But um, for me, uh, it's, I'm not, I'm not a super regimented person. Just like, it's just not in my character. Um, But I will say that uh, I think being in the military definitely helped me uh, with a really strong work ethic. Um, So like, and and it kind of gets me in trouble sometimes, especially with my family, just because 
my wife's like, you're still working, you know, and I'm like, just like grinding 24 seven. And she's always like, okay, you need to take a break or like, you know, you need to be done for the day. Cause I'll just, I won't stop working. I'll just keep going and going. And uh, so, I mean, that has its perk, you know, at least I'm not lazy, um, but it's just like a healthy balance, you know, but I, I definitely think, yeah, being in the military has helped me, uh, you know, with, with my career now, what I'm doing. So. What's your, uh, what's your favorite medium for art? Like, um, are you a big digital guy? Do you like uh, paint oil <laughs> canvas? Like uh, what, what's your, uh, what's your favorite go-to? Yeah. So um, I started working digitally about 10 years ago. Um, and, and before that I had, I didn't really, I mean, I knew of digital work, but I had never experimented with, like, with, you know, working on a tablet or anything like that. So uh, I actually went to an art school in Hawaii um, for uh, six months. And uh, there we actually had uh, some guest uh, artists come out that worked at Pixar. And um, they, uh, they had tablets provided. And so um, they did like a week of like, uh, you know, digital teaching. And so I like instantly fell in love with that. I was like, this is incredible. And I'm like, and, and I was horrible at first. I was terrible. You know, like it was like kind of, you know, trying to figure out how to look at a screen and then because you're not I mean if you have a Cintiq you're looking at the screen but the tablet that I use it's just a USB and it plugs into the back of your computer and then you're looking at the screen and you're drawing so it's kind of like a weird it's kind of a weird uh thing to get used to so I was really bad at it but but I I loved it and I I loved how um just uh the like the things that you can do on it, you know, with, uh, you know, switching colors on the fly or making adjustments on the fly. Like you can't do that with traditional mediums. You know, it's just, it's like, you got to wait for paint to dry and then you got to mix stuff and then go back over. If you make mistakes, if you make a mistake digitally, it's like, you just hit the history bar and go back a couple of clicks. You know, like, so it's just, I mean, it just makes the, uh, makes working just so And uh, especially when you're trying to meet deadlines and everything, like it's, it just, it comes in handy. So, um, so I worked digitally for the past years and then uh, I actually just started in the last like year or so getting back into um, working traditionally. And um, I think it's, it's really, I'm glad I have, but I think it's really hurt me in a lot of ways because I work digitally for so long um and so uh and then going you know going back to paper it's it's like kind of what i just mentioned it's like when you make a mistake that's it you know it's like you you gotta like sit with whatever mark you made and like you you know you can you can make slight corrections but like it's not like digital you know so um so it's been a big learning curve of like you know getting back into it and and um, especially being in comics, you know, everyone was always like, oh, bro, like, you know, you, you shouldn't just do cover work. You should be doing uh, commissions, too. And <clears throat> just the whole idea of doing commissions scared me because I was like, man, like working traditionally, like, can I pull this off? And uh, and it's funny because when I first started doing comics, I didn't know anything about I, I knew about autographs or signatures, but I had no idea about remarks. And so. Um, the whole idea of like 
doing, you know, taking these Sharpies and marking up a cover, like just terrified me. <laughs> I was just like, man, like I'm going to totally like destroy someone's cover, you know? And uh, so, and like, so initially, like when people are telling me about that, I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm not going to read marks. Like that's, that's like scary. And I'm not even that good at doing traditional work. So I, but, but I was like, you know what? Like I, I have to do this, you know, it's something that people are going to want. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's a big, especially now I feel like it's a big part of, especially like with variants and everything, like, um, and, and it's kind of become like a big thing for me where I'm, I feel like I'm kind of making my mark in the industry, my mark quote unquote, uh, in the industry with my remarks. <laughs> Cause I really do pride myself now on them. And like, I'm trying to kind of like use it as a way to brand myself, you know, in, in the industry is like, Oh, Aaron's known as a guy who does like ridiculously crazy remarking, you know? So, um, so it's been awesome, man. Like I, it's, I love uh, working traditionally now and, and like, um, you know, and I still love working digitally too, but now I'm trying to, I'm just trying to uh, get out of sight of that safety box and, and, push myself and grow as an artist and uh you know and, and i know by working traditionally more it will be it will benefit me um so i and and, and i say all that too i say all that because uh i kind of did things backwards and so I, I tell a lot of artists that are kind of like up and coming and, and kind of uh maybe their skill level isn't to where it needs to be yet to work professionally but um the the thing that i would just um tell people is if you can get really good traditionally first and then move into digital, that's the way to go. Because what I did was I went the digital route first, you know, like seriously with art. And then uh, it kind of hurt me because it was like, I didn't, um, all the, all the principles of art, like, you know, value, color theory, perspective, you know, anatomy, gesture, like all these things, like I was doing it digitally, but it, it's, it's, uh, I think it's better to learn things traditionally first. Um, so you know how, you know how to draw like, and you know how to, how to paint and stuff. And then it'll just translate over to working digitally a lot easier, you know? And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at now with, um, you know, with my, with my, uh, mediums. And, uh, you know, working digitally is just like another medium. Like it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. So that's, that's all I'll say about that. But you get to keep, um, I, I guess it's just kind of a file, right? Like when, when you do like a digital, it, you don't have like an actual like proof or something like that. That would be like the actual page though. Right. Uh, you get to keep the covers, like the artwork for that. Yeah. So, um, so with, with the digital work, it's all just, you know, it's just files I'll put on like an external hard drive when it's, once it's done, but there's no, uh, original really. There's not like any OA I can really provide. I know a lot of guys like, you know, like Alan Qua and stuff, they'll do, they'll work traditionally first and then scan in the image and then have it, you know, um, enhanced and then like colored and everything. Um, I don't really do that. I'll just jump right into doing it digitally. Um, which is another thing that's, I'll go back to why I wish I would have done things, uh, traditionally first is cause I would love to do a cover completely traditionally and then, um, you know, be able to offer the OA to someone and, you know, sell it for, you know, a ton 
And yeah, then, well, that's that's why I mentioned it. And I'm, yeah. I'm literally channeling like the spirit of Jack Kirby in my ear, where it's yeah. like, save your artwork. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can only imagine what your OA would go for for your first Ronin. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, yeah. the covers. The, the, I mean, just the, just the comics itself is. I mean, I mean, I just seen one today. I was showing my dad. Uh-huh. And it was like twenty four hundred, and it was a nine point eight. Yep, DDT. that's the one I saw. So I'm just like, so you know, like, can you imagine what the OEA would be like? I mean, oh, you're, yeah. you're looking at thousands of dollars right there, brother. I mean, yeah. it's 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 so crazy. I saw but, I saw one maybe a month ago going for five grand. You know, oh I mean, if if you think about it, it's like. You're to the point where it's like you're you're up and coming, and I mean, there's there's speculator markets and all that, and there's like things that like the '90s taught us a lot about comics. But like right now, we're in a craze with variants and grading, and like you said, the remarks and all that. So it's like the value is there because the quantities are limited and all that. You know, you could be potentially looking at like if you're sitting on those books down the road, five grand. You know. Well, yeah. And like, and it's, it's crazy, man. Cause I, there's even, uh, there's, I know of, uh, some instances where there's been some nine nines that have, uh, sold for like close to 10 grand. And, and so, and so, uh, there's, and what's even crazier is I don't know if you guys saw not too long ago, I, I posted, um, uh, Jason with Capture Collectibles. Um, I worked with him. I, well, I always work with him in the Comic Mint because they're partners. Uh, but when I worked at MegaCon, I did like there was a guy and he brought like ten Ronins, and they were like they're all like medals for the most part. And so I did, you know, I did the work on them. And then uh, Jason, since he's a facilitator, he got them all graded, and they were like a bunch of nine nines, pretty much all nine nines. And then uh, there was a ten. And uh, it was remarked, and and, uh, and so I was talking to somebody somebody about it, and I was like, man, if if a nine nine's going can go for like ten grand, imagine what a ten could go for. Like, I mean, I feel like you could be pushing like fifteen, maybe even yeah. twenty. You know, like, and and I will say this too: if the last Ronin gets option for any kind of animated film or live action or anything, it's I feel like it's just gonna like skyrocket in value and price mm-hmm. so it's pretty wild man i mean it's like you know so, someone was kind of joking like bro like you know if it gets option for film that 10 imagine like whoever owns that like they they could potentially be sitting on a book that's like 50 grand or 30 grand or something yeah, they're buying a boat man <laughs> <laughs> it's it's insane man it's it's truly it's crazy you know you bring I, up a really good point though if if they do make this into an animated film and, and I feel like that would be the way to go, like the DC yeah. kind of films would, would yeah. be the best way. Totally. Who would you, who would you hear in your head is the voice of the Ronin? Um, hmm. That's a great question, man. Um, Cause everybody, everybody reads the Ronin in their head. You know, I kind of read them like this, you know, a little yeah. gritty, like, uh, like I, I do like the, the Michelangelo, but it's like, Part Clint Eastwood and all that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. I I don't have any names off the top of my head, but um, but now I want to kind of think about it because that's it's funny. That's yeah, I'm not sure. It's like when most people read Batman books. You know, they're they're yeah. hearing Kevin Conroy and they're hearing yeah. Mark Hamill as the Joker. So I I just yeah. you know, like where uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's yeah that's awesome. 
were yes. um were you the first one to come up with the ghost concept for the the brothers like the yeah i i i was i think um you know i don't i don't want to assume but i think i was um because uh when when all the variants were coming out initially because i think there was like you know like 72 or 75 variants that came out for the issue one uh, and I looked around. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me. <laughs> I looked around a lot, and it was like everything was very uh, like action based, you know, and not really. I didn't see anything with like ghosts, and I didn't see anything really touching on like the emotional aspect. Um, and so I think that's why I was like, okay, uh, I definitely want mine to stand out, you know, and I want mine to be different than everyone else's. And so that's why I went the route of, I don't want action. I want story and pulling up the heartstrings, you know? And so that's the route I took and thank thank God. Like it, it totally paid off, you know, like it, it, it worked out cause it did help mine stand apart, you know? And, and, uh, and, and doing the ghost concept was, I think me and uh, Denton with line breakers, we, we bounce ideas back and forth and, and the, the ghost thing just came uh, relatively quickly. We, we just kind of like both agreed that like, Hey, we felt like the, you know, his brothers are dead or we don't know really what's going on, but there may be some type of like spirits or, or ghosts or something and they're following him and they're helping him out. And uh, so it was just like, it, it was, it wasn't like, we didn't really struggle with the idea going back and forth. We're like, yeah, like it's that it's perfect. Like, let's go with the ghost theme. You know? So. Yeah. Cause we, we were all wondering, I mean, like you, you can even go back to like my old episodes and all that, but like, yeah. we were wondering if like, do they know, do they know which one? And, and it was a circumstance where we were looking at the turtles trying to figure out who the Ronin was based yeah. on what you had put out. And yeah. the world mm-hmm. is in a friggin' tizzy trying to figure who are these people? You can look so- at like everything and it's, it's your cover showing up on YouTube and on all this stuff. And it's like, Oh my God. Dude, honestly, it, it's insane. man. It's so funny that you say that because me and my wife would bust up laughing because when it first, when number one first dropped, I mean, it's, it really did like go viral, you know, like it was like on like so many different uh, Instagram pages and Facebook. Like I was seeing it everywhere. And there would be like some pages on Instagram with like, like 250,000 likes and like a thousand comments, just like ridiculous. And I'm like reading all the comments and like everyone had all their speculation. They're like, Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely Raphael and like, or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, they, yep. like absolutely. And it was like, so it was, it was cool for me because like, and I had people messaging me all the time, like saying like, Hey, can you tell me who's the last run? And he's saying like, you know, which, which turtles on the left, which turtles on the right, who's in the middle, you know, like, and I would have to tell people, like, I honestly have no idea. Like IDW, they kept it so close to the belt, you know, like they didn't want anything getting out. So like, I didn't know anything. The only thing that I knew was the same thing that everyone else knew with the ash can when the ash can was released. Um, and we saw the initial, you know, few panels and a little, little synopsis of what the story was going to be about. That's literally all I had to go off of. So I didn't, my guess was as good as everyone else's. And I just kind of like, I don't know, maybe like subconsciously I was thinking, okay, this is, this is, you know, this turtle, this is this turtle or whatever, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think I put too much thought into it, but, uh, but it was just funny that like so many people were like, had this, you know, they, they 
like conjured up this whole story in their head, you know, of like no head oh, cannon, yeah. He has this weapon, so that means that this must be him. You know, it's like it was it was really entertaining and just like really just awesome to just sit back and watch it like unfold. And I and I think I just love so much uh seeing, you know, like how passionate people are about TNT, you know, like and the fact that they like there was people like you know, writing full on paragraphs, you know, they're writing full on paragraphs of what they think is going on in my cover and who's the last. <laughs> and like, it was just, it just was hard to me, you know, I'm just sitting back, just like, this is crazy. People are like coming up with their own, like full on stories. And like, it is, and it was cool seeing like every, everybody had their own interpretation and their own, you know, like, you know, thought process behind it all. And like, it, it's just, seeing the individuality of people and like um i think that's what's so cool about art you know it's like everyone that sees it it's like they all interpret it in a different way you know like and it's that's the beauty of it you know and so um, good art breeds discussion i mean that's that's the thing like whether it's good or bad or just controversial i mean if people are talking about it it has an emotional effect on them totally yeah yep i agree yeah and i think that's why i've always um you know and it's it, there's going to be covers that it's not always like this you know like sometimes i'll i'll just be like you know what i i, I don't really know how i can push the story or or you know make it emotional or whatever so it might just be like a cool character you know like something cool and you know that doesn't mean that it's not going to sell bad but i think the the thing that i always just try to focus on is uh is just pushing the storytelling elements and having some emotion there because i think that's what uh that's what really sticks with people. You know, that's what, um, that's what really gets into people's hearts and minds, you know? And, and like, um, I always go back to, I use this a lot. I, I feel like I say this on like every podcast I'm on, but I always think of like Disney and Pixar, um, because they, especially more so Pixar, because, um, if you notice, like, I mean, every Pixar movie you watch, well, maybe for me, maybe I get emotional, but I feel like I cry like every, uh, Pixar, you know, like give me started on Coco, man. I know, right? Like, uh, <laughs> you got a friend in me. <laughs> exactly. Like, they, they are master storytellers. At the end of the day, the day, they are master storytellers. They know how to emote. Uh, they know how. They know how to uh, uh, pull out the viewers' heartstrings with the use of um, music, uh, color, lighting. Um, you know, facial expression, like there, there's so many things there, you know, there's so many uh, cues that, that they're, they're using to um, try to really reel the viewer in and make them feel something. And at the end of the day, that's what, you know, when you leave the movie, you're not like, oh yeah, I mean, that was a cool movie. You know, you're like, you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're like, you're having conversations, you know, you're like, yeah, it made me feel this way. Oh, do you remember when that part happened? Man, I was, I was holding back the tears, you know, like, that's the kind of stuff that that's why they win awards and that's why they're so successful because they know how to do it right. And so I feel like for me, that's what I try to do is, you know, it have some type of, I don't want to just make a cool piece. I want the viewer to be like, what's going on here? What's the character feeling? What's, you know, what are they doing? What, what's this world that that's been created in the single image, you know, like, and so, I, and as a cover artist, it's fun for me because the interior artists, they're obviously telling the full story. I only have one image to do that. So I have to really 
be tactical about how I approach the cover and trying to say as much as I can in one image because I don't have a bunch of panels to tell the whole story, you know? So, um, yeah. Is that something that you're interested in doing down the road? Would you want to be a couple or like an interior artist? Um, that's a good question. I, or I even th- like a creator own project, something like that. Yeah. Maybe a creator on an IP would be cool. Um, at this point I have no real interest in doing uh, interiors. Um, I have a little experience doing interiors as a, as a uh, colorist and uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was, it was good to have the experience, but I think, I just enjoy doing covers and, and uh, I mean, I know it sounds like silly, you know, maybe to say this, but uh, the um, financial aspect of it is much different. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Doing interiors. uh, There's been a lot of horror stories from a lot of artists that have, you know, come out publicly that they were, you know, underpaid and overworked and all this kind of stuff. And, um, that's what happens a lot of times with with uh, interior artists is they're just they do so much work and they're just not compensated as they should be for it, you know. And being a cover artist, like I make decent money doing what I'm doing, you know. Like, and, and I think that's why I want to keep doing it. And I got a family to support, so if it was just me, then you know, I, I dabble in the interiors. But you know, it's like I got bills to pay, I got rent to to pay, and you know, so it's like I can't really. At this point, I can't really experiment with that. You know, it's like I'm just kind of sticking with what I enjoy and what, you know, I know I can do well at. So, yeah, I, I totally understand that, too. And I mean, there's there's definitely like a prestige when it comes to working on certain books and things. And, yeah. and I guess that's one of those things that could be used as like a carrot to put in front of someone. But at the end of the day, it is a business, too. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, you know, as much as we're talking about like how much these covers are worth as like an investment and stuff like that too. But it's like, yeah, you've got to eat and feed the family too. So yeah. I, I totally agree. And it seems like the way it's going now with Kickstarters and things like that, your creator owned IPs are going to be the w- the wave of the future. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe down the road, you know, I, I would, uh, I would like to do, you know, my own thing. I think the other thing too, that's kind of held me back from going down that road is just that, uh, I, 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 I feel like I struggle thinking of like original stuff, you know, and just thinking about like creating my own world and my own characters and all that. Like I almost just, I'm like, uh, it's not even worth trying to explore because, uh, I feel like there's so much stuff that's, that's, uh, you know, influenced by other things, you know, and I know that's obviously bound to happen, you know, but originality is just really hard to come by nowadays. Cause I feel like I'm sure you've heard that saying like everything's been done under this under the sun. You know, that's like, I uh, prefer Simpsons did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, it's kind of like, man, do I even want to like try? Cause I feel like I could just see, you know, like, me coming up with something and then people would be like, Oh, that, that really reminds me of this character or, Oh man, the world you created reminds me so much of this, you know? And it's like, man, how can, and I'm not saying that, you know, people can't come up with hundred percent original stuff. It's just really um, hard to do. And I feel like if I was going to do something, uh, I, I really am big on wanting to stand apart, you know, like I want to make my, my mark in, 
you know, not only the industry, but like the world, you know, like to leave some type of like legacy behind, you know? So. Well, the, the cool thing about it just from talking to you is it seems like you you're putting a fair amount of psychology into the idea of what you're doing and, mm-hmm. and taking that experience from uh, working with the Pixar folks and all that yeah. and, and moving to like the emotional sort of gravitas of it. And that definitely shows in what you're doing, you know, as opposed to like, yes, it's awesome to see sometimes someone bursting through glass with a motorcycle yeah. in, in an yeah. action yeah. thing. And that's awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. I want that cover too. Uh-huh. And I want your cover, you know, so yeah. <laughs> it's just, and it's not just that I want them all. I want the ones that speak to me and yeah. yours, yours is speaking to me for a different reason. It's, you know, tugging at the heartstrings. It's begging the question. It's telling a little bit more of the story. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, this is going to be an iconic version, like vision of, of the turtles, you know, like up there with like, when, when you see the, the movie, and you see like the little turtles picking their heads up and there's a different masks and all that. And it says turtles coming like the movie poster. That's yeah. how iconic mm-hmm. your cover is going to be going forward in, in like this, uh, this industry. It's, it's, it's going to be like perennial and, and, you know, it's maybe you'll be like Jim Lee and like 30 years from now, they'll, they'll take it and they'll put it on like the covers of some other sort of comic, you know, Dude, but it's that- just, uh, it's going to have staying power, man. Yeah, it, 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 it definitely is. I mean, you got to think, it's, what, is that 300, uh, only 300 is limited, right? Yeah, yeah, it's only 300 copies. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's not that many out there. Yeah. So, yeah. whoever has one, I mean, it's, I mean, yes, it's, it's very, very prestigious. And like I said, you know, like, with your cover and, and uh, uh, Ben Bishop's uh, issue, too, to me, are like my top, my top grail Awesome. You know, best one. Dude, I, like, love, I, really, I love that issue too. Because, because like like you said, like you like pulling on hard strings and like to me, like with covers, when, when you have covers that you could tell that somebody really fully I mean, all of them are put their heart in it, but I mean they poured everything into it. Yeah. And to have that emotion and like like I said, you know, like with yours, I mean yours, I mean it, it pulls on hard strings. And mm-hmm. you know, like you got the three ghosts behind him all hands on his shoulder and all this other stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a story. It's, you know, it's, it's telling a story, you know, like with Ben's where he's got the four bandanas and the weapons down mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it was very symbolic and yeah. it, it was just, it's, it's sad, but it's storytelling to me. Yeah, exactly. Just by the covers. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even get to um, bring up the the other covers that we have. Like, obviously, we've got the first one, but um, for the the other set of covers that you've done, um, you said you didn't get to do number four, but you'll you'll be back again for number five. Uh, I didn't get to do number three. So number was, three, okay. So that was the only one I missed, um, and uh, I can't confirm or deny that, <laughs> that uh, I'm doing five, um, but. <laughs> It's looking like uh, I will. We uh, may already know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we know I'm the same people. He can't say it's all right. <laughs> I know. He uh, can't say anything. And it, that, that's fine. That's fine. You know, some people already know the answers. And yeah. I know you're one of them. I mean, I'm sure everyone <laughs> can make, can make a, 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 a guess at, you know, what's going to happen. But. <laughs> 
I I, uh, I would I would just say uh, shout out to and, and this is not related to what we were just talking about, but I would I would send a shout, shout out to our friend Joel Zar from Joel Zar's Collectibles. Uh, you know, he has his pre-order up for issue five. Um, there's actually nine different covers that you can get right now. And um, Eric, wasn't there a special sort of deal that he had if you ordered like 15, um, 15 comics yeah, 15 from, from Yeah, there was a, you, you actually get a free Ronin. It, it was going to be limited to uh, 250, but it's 500 now. He had a, uh, he, uh, to be honest with you, I don't want to spill the beans on this one, but he originally was supposed to have 15 covers, but IDW and decided just to only do 10 with him. So they were going to do eight, but they moved up to 10 and now, they all had to be 500. So that's so awesome. Still, I mean, it's yeah. the, mm-hmm. the fact that you can make that much of an impact on a book, and and I mean, he's just like a regular guy. You know, he's he's, he's an awesome regular businessman guy that is passionate about comics, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna have the most uh, Ronin uh, variants. You're like, what? Yeah. So, so, so again, unrelated to Aaron, if he is or is not doing issue five, <laughs> and I hope he is doing issue five. But um, yeah, just crazy. Yeah. Like I said, I plead defense. I'm not saying anything. Um, I, yeah, and the definitely last looking forward. I yeah. can't wait to get your issue four in my hands. So it's going to be a few weeks. But yeah, dude. Yeah, you said fun. Australia, right? I I, yeah. I will say um, that if I do end up doing it, um, I would. If I do end up doing it, it will be with Tommy again from Yellow Snow. Of course. And uh, we had talked about, um, you know, if, if it works out to do it, that uh, we'll probably do um, a thousand print run this time. Oh, great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that was one thing that we talked about. We're like, okay, if we get to do it, um, I think we're going to up the print count because just because of just – and, and, it, and it's tough because, like, we went back and forth on it, and we're like, man, like, it's nice keeping it, keeping it limited. But then um, – and, and, like, Tommy's just he's, – he's so funny. Like, I mean, it's so true because it's, like, people will find any reason to complain, you know, about things a lot – oftentimes, you know, like – and yeah. like, he's all this, this is what's going to happen, bro. He's like, you're going to drop this fire cover, and he's like – people are going to like before they're they're mad because there's not enough you know and then he's like watch this time we'll drop it we'll say it's a thousand print run and people will be like oh now you guys are being greedy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it's 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 damned if you do and damned if you don't type yeah thing. so it's just so. like <laughs> it's like whatever man like, a, lot, a lot of these prices are secondary market anyway you know, yeah. so it's like they're eBay or private collectors or like uh, at conventions and things like that. That's where you're seeing a lot of these things. Like chances are by the time these things get out there and they're being sold and all that on a secondary market, you guys don't even get a piece of that. Yeah. Why wouldn't you increase the, the the run based on your popularity for previous mm-hmm. issues? That's a good supply and demand business model. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like for me, I'm like, hey, if we up into a thousand cool. That just means more people that can get one, you know, like, and, and yeah. they like, I'm, I'm honestly, frankly, like I'm tired of people, not tired in the sense that it's annoying. I'm tired of people messaging me saying like, Oh, I didn't get one because like, it, it really does bum me out. You know, like, I'm really like, man, like I wish more people could have got it, you know, like, cause there's so many fans out there like that wish they could have got one. And they're like, 
oh, I, I couldn't afford it at the time or I missed it or scalpers got one instead or yep. whatever, whatever the reasoning is. And it's just, it's uh, yeah. It bums me out, man. Cause I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, brother. You know, like I, I wish I could help you out. I don't, I don't have any copies. Like I think your best bet is just maybe going to like eBay or something, but you know, you're going to have to pay yeah. a pretty penny and it's just, it's a bummer. So I think I, I, I am actually uh, pretty excited about, you know, if, if we do get to do it, doing a uh, bigger print run, cause um, you know, then a thousand people can get one. So it'd be cool. Yeah. I, I hope at one point they do something like a uh, either like a poster print or maybe maybe if you're allowed to down the road, you know, do like a print or something for like a convention or something like that. I would yeah. love to have that framed on my wall. That's just so cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I would love to do like some type of print or something. Um, they're just uh, with line breakers when uh, they were releasing some stuff, they got like big backlash from idw so now I'm, I'm super hesitant now to i don't blame you yeah oh good i i don't blame you with, with backlash and stuff like that you can't burn contacts and stuff yeah. like this yeah yeah i mean i mean that, that's probably something that you guys probably have to work out between you linebackers and idw i mean yeah. i mean to be honest with you man like if you was to get that up right now i mean like you just you better send me the link privately first and then I'll go get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I, I seriously, cause I, I'm, I'm going to put it up on my wall. Cause I have, I have literally, uh, my room is painted like a turtle shell. So, That's so like That's awesome. I have, I have turtle stuff everywhere on my wall, even yeah. on my like fireplace that I have, like the concrete part, there's turtle figures sitting down there. Like I got turtle stuff everywhere. That's awesome. And, to have something like that, like you know, to have that on my on my wall, you know, I I I would love to have something like that on my wall. Totally, you know. Yeah, man, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day. I mean, that would be cool if you know if that door opens. I'd love to. So, um, but I, I honestly like just I'm so grateful that I've even gotten to you know work on this series and and have you know a part in it. Um, it's really cool. So. What can you tell us about what you're working on next? Um, so actually just, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, I just announced today that uh, I did a Cowboy Bebop cover. Wow. Yeah, which is huge. And it, it's I'm just like, I'm truly like just so excited about it because uh, it was really awesome uh, getting to work with uh well we work with titan on it and uh and it's cool too because in a way i get to say that i work with netflix because uh, i had to get approved <laughs> to work and, uh, and they're, the, they're the ones that are uh, proving everything along the you know a lot well it's done now but like um but it, it, it's cool you know to to have that kind of exposure um and, i think the uh, series looks amazing for the record i i'm just saying i'm i'm glad that uh uh you know, his foot's better. So, you know, they got back to it and yeah, no, I'm I, excited. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be super cool. And I, I'm like so stoked that I had this opportunity to work on it, especially just because it has such a huge following and people love it so much. And uh, it was, we're really hoping that ours, uh, I did it with uh, Trevor Brown at uh, Galahad's. And uh, so he, we're really hoping that it just does, like blows up and does really well. We're supposed to go to, I'm going to, um, that was another thing I announced. I'm going to Emerald city with him 
um, December. Um, And so uh, there's word, I guess, that he's like, I don't know if it's 100 percent true, but um, he heard that the cast is actually going to be there. Um, And so he was like, bro, he's like, if we're able to get some SIGs on some of the, the books or whatever, he's like, imagine if we can get like John Cho's signature and then like you have, you know, you're doing like remarks and signatures on them. And then we're going to have a facilitator there potentially to, to get them graded. Like he's like, dude, that would be amazing. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm super pumped about it. I can't wait for this cover. I'm like, there's a lot of covers. I mean, I enjoy every cover I do. I really do. But there's some where I'm like really proud of, and I really feel really proud of this one. Like where I like, I, I think it's, I think it's going to do uh, really well. So, um, <clears throat> that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm blown away by that. That's, uh, you know, I, I was, I was thinking about your art style and I was thinking about like contemporaries and stuff. And, and, um, I really, I really kind of feel like a vibe of like a, a Gabriel Del Odo with you. Like, like, so, as, as, yeah, yeah. like, that's, that's like where I go to with your stuff. Um, that's awesome. That's cool. I would love to see if one day you got a chance to do like some, some like really good daredevil covers. So that would be like, like for me, that's, that's where it's like, Oh man, he needs to get on that. Like if, like if Marvel knows anything, they should be like, we need, we need to get Aaron in on these for covers. I would have such a blast because daredevil is literally like one of my favorite characters. So would be literally a dream come true. I'd be like ecstatic. Um, so hopefully, dude. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Marvel approved yet, but hopefully, in the next, you know, six months or year or something, hopefully, I can get get in with them. And then, uh, yeah, that'd be freaking awesome. It's okay. I'm a I'm a DC guy, so yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a, I think Daredevil's the only thing that I still buy from Marvel. To be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, so that, that was, uh, we just announced that. And then, um, and then I'm going to be working on, well, <laughs> man, I wish I could say, I can't say, um, but there's a few color covers that are, I think are going to be really cool. Um, and then I can't talk about this one. Uh, there, I just did a, a good boy cover, um, with, uh, Garrett, um, over at source press. Um, and then, uh, that's that's pretty much all I can talk about, and then all the other ones I, I'm not allowed to talk about yet. But I'm I'm a big fan of Source Point Press. I mean, we talked about that like when we first got on. Um, yeah. I recommend to anyone who's listening check out Source Point Press. Yeah. They've got some really great books over there. Some um, and there's uh, a lot of horror that they'll do. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine uh, wrote a book called uh, How How Much Do You Tip a uh, An Exorcist. So you can oh. check that out available from source point press uh, shout out to Patrick Ray hall. So <laughs> not that he's listening, but that's fine. You know. <laughs> hey, he might. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell him he's in it. Maybe he'll listen. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a, he's yeah, a great uh, guy. Yeah. They're a great company. So that uh, was super fun. And I'm actually really excited for that one. Um, I think it's, have you guys heard of uh whatnot? Have you heard of that? The company whatnot? Is that the new app yeah. that Ben yeah. Bishop asked yeah. us to join? Yeah. Exactly. So they, um, yes. it's, I had never heard about the company and I was like, their business pitch was really interesting to me. Um, and I think it's actually going to be really successful. I know they're kind of like, they're haven't been around for too long, but, um, but they're actually the ones that uh, they acquired the cover. So they're pitching it to, uh, I think like 10 different retailers 
Um, and they give them like a, like a package deal and then they can, they can purchase the, the package and then have their, the logo of their retail shop on the back of the cover. Oh. Um, and it, what it does is it gives like up and coming retailers uh, it, like an opportunity to hop into the exclusive game and not pay like an exorbitant amount, you know, like it's, it's a little bit more reasonable. And then uh, so it's, it's, it's actually a really cool uh, business plan that they have. Um, so they anyways, but so Garrett's the one that reached out to me to do the, the good boy number one. And then, uh, and then they're the ones that like paid me and they're yeah, like actually using the art. So uh, oh, that's great. So it's cool. That's awesome. Eric, was there anything that you wanted to ask? Oh, no, man. But, I, you know, one thing I like to say, you know, I like, appreciate you coming up in, on the, on here with the podcast. You know, thank you. I know that you're a busy man and it's kind of hard to pitch in sometimes, you know. But uh, greatly, I, I know Justin does and I do. We greatly appreciate you coming on here, taking your time out of whatever you're in the middle of the process doing. Hopefully, um, <laughs> sorry, I had to stick that in there. Uh, yeah, I said hopefully. hopefully. I said hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was actually. Pretty- I said hopefully. Okay. Little uh, marks on that. <laughs> yeah, well, that counts because you were doing the remarks. You, you showed me it's a, a triceraton yeah. and a rock soldier. Yeah, exactly. It's friggin' amazing. Oh. Uh, that, that one he did where it's like all of like the ter- of like all like the characters on there. Are you talking about that one? That one he he, he posted one on the other day where he had like. No, like he just he just showed me before you got guys. on. I just showed up. I just showed up. That was crazy. I haven't posted it yet. The new one that I just did. But. Well, speaking speaking of that, um, I I have uh, your your social media. I've got uh, Twitter at Aaron Bartling. I've got Instagram Aaron Bartling Art. I've got AaronBartlingArt.com, AaronBartling.ArtStation.com, and Facebook, Aaron Bartling. Um, What's the best place for someone to get a hold of you if they need to? Obviously, they shouldn't be asking you for copies of Last Runner number one, but if they have a question, maybe they're trying to get a signing, a signature, a remark, anything like that, what's your preferred way for them to get in touch with you? Um, Yeah, so usually I would say Facebook, uh, just my personal Facebook, just Aaron Bartling. Um, I'm really, I try to be as responsive as I can on there. Uh, and so that, that, and, uh, Instagram, I, I'm usually pretty good about, uh, getting back to people promptly. So, um, so yeah, I think, I mean, all, all the ones, you know, I'll, I'll get back to people, but I would say, um, if you want to reach out to me about anything, um, Facebook and Instagram are, are usually my go-to. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I want to thank you for coming on and, uh, I, I really appreciate it. It's great to get to talk to you just about your turtle experience and, and all this. Before I have you go, one thing I do always ask is all of our episodes end with um, a pizza recipe. Uh, uh, what is your favorite topping on pizza? Ooh, dude, you know, I'm I'm a simple man, so I would say just cheese and pepperoni, man. I would say okay. that's my go-to. But if I was going to, if there's a secondary option, I'm a big fan of, I don't, I don't know if you guys are a fan of this, but uh, I usually, I go to Pyology. I don't know if there's a Pyology around you guys. No. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, it's like you can make your own custom pizzas. Um, I don't know if it's like only a soap. Oh, oh, we have a uh, mod, mod pizza. Oh, yeah. Here. Okay. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's basically mod. It, it's just called Pyology. But honestly, when I go there, usually my go-to is uh, either a barbecue chicken pizza or I'll do pepperoni. And I'll have like, um, 
I'll have like uh, pineapple and like barbecue sauce on there and all that. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. It's pretty fire. Do you do red onion on there on your barbecue pizza? What was that? Do you do red onion on your barbecue pizza? Oh yeah, yeah. Red, red, red onion, uh, cilantro. I'll do. Oh some, yes. I'll do some bell pepper. I'll do some uh, some olives and heavy sauce. I'm I'm big on. I'm not too much of a cheese guy because my my uh, stomach kind of gets affected by a lot of cheese. So I'm I'm usually like, hey, load on the marinara, just <laughs> just slather it. <laughs> and then obviously a lot of pepperoni but yeah that's awesome we'll, we'll have to i'll have to look up a recipe that has a barbecue pizza or, or something with pepperoni for you then so oh, yeah. the last one was a peanut butter pizza which was like a thai sort of i guess they mix the peanut butter with the sauce in the recipe so i'm like wow yeah. i gotta try that too that's that pretty crazy wow huh. that's interesting wow yeah yeah and apparently it's delicious so you know that's yeah. I would have never expected that, but hey, I mean, you I, I have not there. tried it yet, but uh, <laughs> that's plan on it. yeah, no, that's awesome. That's cool. Well, well um, I appreciate it, and um, I'm just gonna uh, I'll I'll say goodbye to everybody, and then um, I will be back with our pizza recipe of the week. Cool, and and uh, thank you guys for having me on. I, I really do appreciate it. It was a blast talking to you guys. Of course. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on, man. We 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 we're, we're definitely happy to get you on. I'll tell you that. Awesome. Hi, this is Adam, aka Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, and you're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any teenage meat digital turtle or pizza-related food, I give you pizza time. Hey everyone, for pizza time today, we're looking at a recipe called Sausage and Pepper Pow. You might need a knife and a fork to, for this one, and plenty of napkins. This classic Italian-American flavor combo can be found in a sandwich and pizza shops throughout New York City. The pizza can also be a crowd pleaser at any turtle party. Ingredients. Cornmeal or flour for dusting. Two teaspoons extra virgin olive oil, divided, plus one more for brushing and greasing. One half pound sweet or hot Italian sausage, casings removed. One half large green bell pepper, seeded and sliced. One half medium yellow onion, halved and sliced. One pound ball pizza dough, homemade. Check out our pages 17 through 19 in the Ninja Turtles cookbook or Sorbot. One third cup no cooked tomato sauce. Three quarters cup of shredded low moisture mozzarella. So you can lighten it up, dudes, if you want. Use whole wheat pizza dough. Or uh, you can use vegan or turkey sausage as well as low fat mozzarella. Instructions. On a baking stone or a steel rack, place the baking stone in the middle of a rack of the oven and preheat to 500 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 30 minutes. Then turn the oven to broil. Dust the pizza peel or an inverted baking sheet with a cornmeal or flour. On a baking sheet, preheat the, preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit with a rack in the middle position. Lightly coat a heavy-duty rimmed baking sheet with olive oil. Step 1. Put a teaspoon of olive oil on the medium heavy bottom skillet or cast iron pan and set it on a medium heat. When the oil starts to ripple, crumble the sausage and cook it for about three minutes, breaking it up with a wooden spoon so it's no longer pink. Remove the sausage from the skillet using a slotted spoon and place a paper towel lined plate for it to drain. Step 2. Add the remaining teaspoon of oil to the skillet, still over medium heat, and throw in the pepper and onion. Cook stirring every every minute or two until the vegetables are soft and beginning to brown, probably about five minutes. 
Step three, when the pepper and onion are done cooking, turn off the heat. Return the sausage to the pan and toss well aside to cool. Step four, stretch or roll the dough onto a 12 inch disc and place it on the prepared pizza peel or baking sheet. Step five, spoon the tomato sauce onto the dough and spread it out evenly, leaving a half inch border for the dough all around. Step six, scatter on all the cheese, then arrange the sausage, pepper, and onion mixture on top. Step seven, shimmy the dough from the peel into the hot baking stone or transfer to a baking sheet in the oven. Bake until the crust is golden and the cheese is just beginning to brown in spots, probably about six to eight minutes at 500 degrees on the baking stone or 10 to 15 minutes on the baking sheet. Step nine, remove the pizza from the oven and let it cool for five minutes, then serve and slice. This has been your pizza time for the day, the recipe with sausage and pepper pow. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, IDW Studios, Nickelodeon Studios, Archie Comics, or any other Turtles properties. This podcast is a member of the Epic Sewers podcast network. Be sure to check out our other great shows, some turtle-related, some not. Thanks for listening. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper. Hey there, this is JB, and if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. (laughs) Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold. Robust. Delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. <laughs>